Drunk Botany, Episode 7. Hoist a glass and prepare to enter a world of gardens, brews, botany, and booze. Here's your host, Bill Kreischer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm Phil Creation. I would like to make a note that I've made the recipe that we discuss in today's episode a number of times, and I've made a substantial number of changes to that recipe since I first found it. So be sure to check out the show notes page to find out all of my revisions. And before we get started, here's a note from one of my affiliates. Alcohol is a poison, and if you don't partake responsibly... It will kill you. If you've been picking your poison today, don't get behind the wheel. If you absolutely need to get somewhere, why not utilize the services of the Lyft app? If you're new to the program, have your first ride on me. Just use my referral code, DBOTANY, and arrive alive. Joining us today is Lauren Heidingsfelder. Lauren, welcome to the show. Please tell me I got that right. You got it perfect. Awesome. Today, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about the Luxardo cherry. And we're going to drink uh, Hemingway daiquiris or Hemingway specials, as uh, uh, as I have been able to discover them to be. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the Luxardo cherry is. Um, I brought Lauren onto the show today because I only know what a Luxardo cherry is. Because she told me about them. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe I should, maybe I should backtrack a little bit. Okay. Um, how do we know each other? Do we, do we talk about Fight Club? Um. Well, it's not Fight Club anymore, so I think that that is okay. You know, we want our listeners to know how we know each other, and that it's not, you know, through alcohol or anything like that, but that it's through parenting. And, you know, parenting and alcohol go hand in hand, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we, we're together in, like, a like a mom group. And um, on this group one day, she had posted these pictures of her with this jar of Luxardo cherries. And they've got this classic yellow label on them. They say Luxardo maraschino cherries. And you think, okay, they're just like the same cherries that we see everywhere in life. We put them on our uh, Sundays. But that's not what these are. And I had just been like, oh, that's kind of interesting, and let it kind of go by the wayside. And I started this um, job at uh, Fire and Ice on Toby Creek, um, which is in northeastern Pennsylvania. And I got a job tending the bar there, and a fellow comes in, and he wants to know, can I make him a Boulevardier? Expecting me, I guess, not to know what it was. But I'm super into whiskeys, and I really like classic whiskey cocktails. So... I kind of uh, surprised him by actually knowing what it was, and he insisted with a Luxardo cherry. And I said, you know, never had a Luxardo cherry, but I, I know what you're talking about, sir, and I just have no idea where to get them. Now, here in Pennsylvania, um, you buy liquor at a liquor store and beer at a beer store, as opposed to, say, New Jersey, where you get both in the same place in one-stop shop kind of thing. And it is in the liquor store that you get the Luxardo cherry. And it runs for about 1997 for, I don't know, what is this? Uh, see, it's metrics. 400 grams. Oh, 14 ounces. 
<laughs> so for 14 ounces of uh, cherry, it's about 20 bucks. And I said, you know, I'm doing myself a disservice as a bartender for not knowing what a $20 cherry tastes like. <laughs> so I bought this. And this is my Luxardo cherry. And oh my god, there's a seal on it. I just broke the seal. Now, tell me, Lauren, what's so special about these cherries? Like, uh, oh my god, they're dark. They're almost black. Yes, um, you know, when I was doing some research, I found that there are lots of different kinds of maraschino cherries. You talked about the, you know, the fire engine red kind that we all get in our Sundays. Yeah, I'm not even sure those are really cherries. Blood red variety, and then there's this variety that, like you said, is almost black. What was Um, the one in the the middle? ones are by far the more deep in color and I would say deep in flavor as well. I like to think of this as probably what the original maraschino cherry was, right? Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that those, like, uh, those ones you find in American bars and topping all of our Sundays are, like, like really just pieces of plastic that we dye red and, like, call <laughs> cherries. They are. They're actually chemically... They're, they're lab-grown, and they are treated with, I'm, I'm, you know, H2O is a chemical. Not nasty, terrible chemicals that nobody should be consuming. Just normal chemicals that we consume every day. But as you were saying, the Luxardo cherry is the one that they were trying to recreate at, you know, a, a, a fraction of the cost. I like to pretend that that's because of Ernest Hemingway. So, oh, uh, I don't think I even <laughs> mentioned that we're drinking Ernest Hemingway daiquiris. I did, didn't I? So, okay, funny story about the uh, Hemingway special. It was originally from a, a Cuban restaurant that he used to go to. I want to I say it was Cuban. I might be full of, uh, full of myself on that one. But they, it, it was like a variation of the traditional daiquiri with rum. And um, they used this Luxardo liqueur, which is an Italian liqueur, I believe. And... Um, they put that in there, and originally it had sugar in it, but Ernest Hemingway preferred it without the sugar. So he was like, you know, no sugar. So uh, that's what we're drinking today. It's Luxardo. It's grapefruit juice. It's a, a half an ounce of lime and, um, of course, uh, uh, of rum, and, of course, uh, garnished with a Luxardo cherry, because uh, this wouldn't be much of an episode without a $20 cherry, right? <laughs> that's right. And, you know, really the saving grace for this drink in me is the fact that it's also like the silver rum, whereas a great, great portion of the drinks, like you were saying before, being a whiskey connoisseur of, a, you know, the beverages they call for the Luxardo cherries are the, the brown alcohols, but the Hemingway daiquiri is the lovely silver rum. I, uh, well, I'm, I'm using Bacardi. Okay, so funny thing, when I looked this recipe up, uh, I got a hit on, like, Wikipedia, and they have kind of like an accepted ways and means of making drinks for bartenders the world over. Anyway, their stuff's in metric, and uh, I'm 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 American, <laughs> so I had to I had to run all these conversions out. I couldn't figure out what any of these milliliters were. So if you are making this drink along with us at home and want proper proportions, like your stateside, the proper the proper recipe is going to be two ounces of rum. I'm using Bacardi Superior. 
one and a half ounces of grapefruit juice, a half an ounce of maraschino liqueur, and a half an ounce of lime. But you don't use this maraschino liqueur when you make it, right? No, I just use the syrup that's in the jar of cherries when you buy the cherries themselves. See, that sounds like a great way to do it, you know? So my main concern is I don't want everybody to necessarily run out immediately and go buy a $20 jar of cherries, although you should. Uh, so we're going to do something a little bit different today. When I first started this podcast, I promised everybody that it was going to be part cooking show. So today is going to be a part cooking show segment, all right? So we were just talking about H2O, which I happen to have right here in my hands. I have, uh, I have about a half a cup of it, and I'm going to put it into uh, an unreasonably large pot because uh, why not? It was clean. Um, and I'm going to put that on medium heat. I'm going to let it come up to temperature a little bit here. Full disclosure, I did attempt to do this episode once previously. Those of you who are listening to the show chronologically will note that the episode immediately preceding this was me climbing a mountain to pick sour cherries in, I want to say, Laceyville? Might have been Larksville. Laceyville, though. And I used those cherries and made them with Carly, which you will recognize also from a previous episode. Um, and I have those cherries here. I'm going to use them probably in my next cocktail where I'm going to use it. I'm going to use the juice from these cherries to make my next cocktail so that I can taste this drink as Lauren intended it. <laughs> so how do you think the cherries that you picked compare to the Morasca cherries that they use in the Luxardo brand? Well, uh, I think that the ones that I picked are even tartar than the ones that are in the actual Luxardo brand. And that's largely what caused me to want to re-record this episode, is if you look at the syrup that surrounds my homemade cherry and the jar that comes from Luxardo, the Luxardo came out to be so much darker and so much thicker. Now, I think that might be a little bit user error because I got a little free and loose with the ingredients last time and put a little too much water. Although, I did use like this borehole water. It was like, uh, it came from like a pump that a friend of mine had managed to get for me. Anyway, once, once you have your water starting to simmer, which it's not quite yet, we'll add our next ingredients, which I'll tell you about. But one of the issues that I ran into when I made these sour cherries is they were not a dark red to begin with and they weren't like the firmest cherries and I feel like for a maraschino style cherry you want them to be on the firm side so that they like maintain their substance when you get to the end of your cocktail and you bite into them and you're like ah yeah that's some cherry sure I actually have I have both cherries in my cocktail right now the one that I made and the one that came from Luxardo and the one that comes from Luxardo is almost black. And the one that I have is, it almost looks like a, like a pickled cherry. And to be fair, with the variety of sour cherry that I use that grows local to me here in northeastern Pennsylvania, it's a, it's a lighter cherry to begin with. It, it, almost looks, it almost looks bleached. But the sour notes are awesome, and it creates a really good complexity of flavor. It's just not quite the thing that I'm looking for. Mm. See, I eat this Luxardo cherry now, 
and it's like oozing in sweetness. The cherry flavor is explosive. Like the thing that you think of when you think of like the the Sunday cherry, it's like that times a thousand. I feel like you had a clever way of describing this. <laughs> well, I described the classic Sunday maraschino cherry as the walk of shame home the next morning. And the Luxardo cherry as the delicious, romantic evening that does not end with the walk of shame the next day. Oh, of course not. Who wants to go through the walk of shame, man? <laughs> Another thing that I noticed is that the cherries tasted better after a week in the syrup. Anyway, so what I'm using today are um, Washington-grown sweet dark cherries. Because the color of them is much closer off the uh, tree to the color of the cherry in the jar that I get from Luxardo. So, when I first did this, when I did all my sour cherries, I pitted them with like a paper clip. And uh, you could certainly get the pits out that way. You're going to destroy the aesthetic of your cherry. But, you know, it's up to you if you're just eating them or if you want them as gifts. Now, if you want to prepare this recipe for Christmas because it's never too early to get ready for a nice aged gift for Christmas. You're going to want uh, a cherry pitter, which I'm stingy as all heck, and I really did not want to buy a cherry pitter, but I did. I bought one. Uh, I, I got one from a company called Progressive. Uh, it pits four cherries at a time. It cost $14.99 at my local Wegmans, but it is worth $1 million. For the amount of effort that it took me. I'm telling you, like, I was pitting these tiny, real soft cherries that were the sour cherries, and it took me about an hour to do a pound of them. I went and I bought this thing, and I did the remaining two pounds in about, like, seven minutes. You pit four cherries at once, it just pops them right out, and you want to say, like, I don't want to buy that specialized piece of equipment. I'm never going to use it again. doesn't matter. You're going to use it this one time. It's worth that $15. Like, think about it in terms of, like, minimum wage. That buys you an hour. <laughs> Two hours if you're in today's well, minimum wage. You can't, you can't go wrong with a pitter in a bar. You know, you can pit olives with it. There's got to be other uses. It can't be a one-and-done tool in a bar. Oh, absolutely. I challenge you to find other uses for that pitter. I bet you will. You know, one day I'll find somebody who makes olives, or, I mean, who grows olives, and we can talk about that, and I will pit the heck out of some olives, that's for sure. <laughs> well, um, I am starting to bring my water up to a nice little simmer. I don't know if you guys can hear it, or if it picks up on the uh, thing, but what I have here is one cinnamon stick, which I will toss in. We have two tablespoons of lemon juice. That is the equivalent of one lemon. So if you've got a juicer at home and want to go old school and do the whole lemon, I just wasn't um, doing lemons at the same time that I pitted a hundred cherries. And the other key, and this is where uh, I, I feel like I should mention, I'm using a recipe that I found online, but I've deviated from it. So in today's show notes page will be a link to the recipe that I actually am using. But what I'm going to discuss on the show are changes that I've made to it. Starting now with the sugar. What I have here is uh, a half a cup of sugar. 
and a quarter of a vanilla bean. Now, I was supposed to make vanilla bean caviar, and I wasn't going to do that. Like, I'm just, I'm not. So I cut it into a million pieces, and I put it in a food processor, and I processed the heck out of it. Because I had some drinking to do, and I wanted to get onto that instead. <laughs> so, so what exactly did you lame out from doing? What would, what would making caviar have been different? Well, I believe what I was supposed to do was scrape the innards out and then grind it all up until I had a paste of vanilla. But what I think was the main key was to distribute the vanilla through the sugar as evenly as possible. And I what I just did was I food processed it and food processed it again, and I let it sit for a while. Now, it occurs to me that at the same Wegmans where I bought all of my projects, products they also have like a vanilla bean sugar where i guess this step is already done and i would imagine that you could safely substitute what i've just done for what they've done there if you want to cheat further but i had already bought the vanilla beans so i was in it all right committed to the bit so i'm going to add this uh vanilla sugar to my water and this is, I think, actually where I went wrong last time, is I think I added a little bit too much water. Because remember, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make a nice, thick syrup. Now, I've got a whisk in here. And when you say a thick syrup, we're talking like molasses thick. The syrup is very, very it's not, it's it, like, I, was, I would almost not even call it a syrup. It's so thick. It's like motor oil thick. <laughs> well, um, I, I've, I've added my sugar and I stirred that up a little bit. And I, it's got to come back up to heat. There's still one more ingredient I have to add to it as it starts to cook in. But I would really like to make another cocktail. So let's do that. We're going to go with our two ounces of rum. Another half an ounce of Luxardo. Splash of Sicilian lime. And grapefruit, which I was never into before. But uh, I'll tell you something. I probably drank more grapefruit juice in the past, I don't know, month than I have in my entire life. This time, I'm going to add to it because I want to add a little bit of sweetness in a way that Papa Hemingway would judge me for. Of the juice of the cherries I made previously. So Lauren, while I shake this up, can you tell me a little bit about um, Luxardo cherries as far as your research has driven you? Well, of course. Um, so they were actually not first created in Italy, which is interesting because that is where everyone would assume that they were from. You They're know, not the, from Italy. The family is Luxardo, um, which is a fairly Italian-sounding name, uh, but it was actually uh, was founded in a distillery on the Croatian coast in 1821. So these, these cherries are actually Croatian, but during World War II, a family member of the Luxardo clan, you know, escaped from Croatia and went to Italy, and that's where, you know, the, the cherries really got their name and where we know them from today. 
That's awesome. I'm going to add my last ingredient here, which is a, a pinch of ground nutmeg. Uh, I'm actually going to pinch it in with my fingers. I never did figure out exactly what kind of a measurement a pinch was, so uh, if my cherries are not correct, I'll just assume that I have, like, big man hands or tiny uh, tiny hands. Um, I'm pretty sure a pinch is a pinch is a pinch, no matter the size of your hand. I'll go with that. And those are my ingredients for the boil. I'm going to want to let this simmer for about three minutes, maybe. Well, actually, my, my instructions say five, so we'll go five. It'll be funny because I'm sure that when I get it wrong, everybody listening at home will just look at the like counter on their MP3 player or their car stereo or whatever it is and be like, he pulled it out 20 seconds too early. <laughs> they're going to know. If, if people learn anything about you, they're going to learn that you are not an exact fan. No, no, I'm not. I like to play it free and loose. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the syrup is almost better than the liqueur, because it gets that little extra bit of sh uh, sugar, that little extra bit of cherry in there. I mean, of course, this cocktail that I made has both in it right now. <laughs> well, and when you buy that $20 jar of cherries, it's actually funny because the back of the jar says that it's 50% cherries and 50% syrup. I so would you're believe really that. Buying two products in one. That's probably that's got to be right. And add another one of these cherries in here. These are really very good. I would like to tweak this recipe a little bit and uh, introduce like a house-made cherry into the restaurant. I think that that would be a really awesome thing to do. Once you've passed about five minutes or so with your simmer, what you're really doing is, is you're cooking down the uh, water so that you basically just have like a super saturated sugar base. Then we're going to add uh, our cherries, which we've pitted. I took the stems off of mine because there are not stems in my Luxardo cherries. They're not on yours too, right? No. So if you were if you were entertaining ideas of tying cherry stems into knots with your tongue, this is not the recipe for you. You will have to pit your cherries in some other way. But I took my stems off. All right, and then I am not, not I'm not commenting on that girl and whether or not she's taking any walks of shame the next morning. But I do believe that the stem tying and the walk of shame may go together in some way. You believe there and might the be a connection lives. there. <laughs> okay so we started out with that simmer on like a medium uh heat we're gonna go down to low for about three minutes because we don't really want to cook the cherries um we're just kind of getting some of their essences in, in there now in the recipe that i had there was uh there was a whole section on canning your cherries uh if you want to do pressure canning and things like that that stuff still intimidates me i i don't want to say that i've never canned i have I've canned tomatoes i'm super into it in theory but like it just scares the bejesus out of me and uh when i'm with somebody else who wants to can them i'll certainly try this recipe again in the meantime i don't imagine that these cherries will last so long 
that I will need them to be canned. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go right into using them all of the time. I'm really excited to make old fashions with these. I don't See, you're not into whiskey, I know, but I think that Manhattans with these, Boulevardiers with these uh, old fashions would be a game changer. Um, on the other hand, I have a recipe that I'm going to give you after this episode. I'm going to save it for after this episode because I'm hoping to use it in a future episode and I don't want to blow the lid off of it, but I got a really exciting rum drink for you. Well, you know, that's when I found out about these Luxardo cherries is that my, my partner does drink old fashions and that's the way he drinks them is with these cherries. And you know why we don't get the stems, right? Why? The stems and the leaves and the skins and all that stuff that don't go into the cherries and the syrup is actually what makes the liqueur. Oh, really? I imagine this was going to be macerated cherries. Well, it, it, it's kind of, I guess, like a blended product using all of the, the, I guess, the leftovers. You know, the cherries and the syrup go into one jar, and then the pits and the leaves and the stems and all of that stuff go into the liqueur itself. It's perfectly viable uh, sugar source when you think about it. You know, uh, uh-huh. I had this romantic notion that there was some old Italian woman who had gotten together the greatest cherries in all the land and had put together like a grand crew of cherries and uh, had had been so pleased with what she had created, with that which she had wrought, that uh, she made a liqueur of the cherry and then used that liqueur to preserve the next cherry. Like, that was just the vision of it, like, kind of a snake eating its own tail. That was that was the thought that I had that it was. But, see, I didn't do the research that you did. And that's okay. You're going to have you're gonna have more than one podcast on this one brand alone. I'm pretty sure that I will. Um, this has really been a fantastic episode. This might actually be the best one we've done so far, actually. I'm glad that well, you were you know, part they, of it. Well, you know, they have a limoncello. They have a hazelnut liqueur. They have a apricot liqueur they have a coffee liqueur they have an amaretto you know this company just makes products that are so luxe and so you know top of the line when you of course compare them to the more americanized cherry i'm sure you know there's beautiful brands of amaretto in all kinds of countries but if you can imagine that you know this country makes cherries that are so so different and and taste and smell and texture those other, you know, liqueurs have to be just as decadent. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. This cherry um, is really starting to darken the sugar water that I've got so far. It's not quite as thick as I want it to be, but we still have another minute or two to go. And what's more, we have one final crucial ingredient to add. And that is the Luxardo liqueur. If you are looking in the store for the Luxardo, it comes in a fiasco. Fiasco is like uh, an Italian word for the basket that goes around a uh, a bottle of wine. Some of those Chiantis have a fiaschi. But this one is a thin bottle. As you would, it, it almost looks like it wants to be removed but it's not mm-hmm. um and then it uh, the entire base of it is wrapped in like a 
like a rattan or a straw or something. Um, I'm glad that I stumbled across this, and I literally would never have found it if it weren't for you. I also can't, there's a fellow at the bar named uh, Mark, and I really can't wait to tell him all about this. He's going to die when he hears this podcast. He's going to love it. Um, okay, so I think I've gone my three minutes or so. Those of you timing at home will, I'm sure, be judging me. And this is about one cup of Luxardo. And we're going to take it off of the heat because we don't want our alcohol to evaporate. Okay. We'll give that a good little stir. So I read in a book when I first got into... Um, alcohols in their creation that chemically alcohol is different from water like you can't take a cup of water and a cup of pure alcohol and pour them together and end up with two cups of liquor of liquid rather because chemically speaking the alcohol molecules kind of sit in between the h2o and uh, you wind up with less overall volume once you've added liquor into it. This is why you see like old-timey moonshiners like shaking the liquor bottles is because they can see based on the density of the liquid how long a bottle will, uh, a bubble will stay. Uh, neat stuff, you know, if you're being a mad scientist at home. But that's Luxardo cherries. This is how to have a $20 cherry on your bar at home without having to spend $20. I hope, uh, hope you all had fun. Lauren, I hope you had fun. I hope uh, this wasn't like a terrible taxation on your uh, time. But thanks for joining me today. No, it's, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll have to do this again if we can come up with another excuse. Yes, I agree. Well, folks, I guess that's it. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Drunk Botany. Visit us at drunkbotany.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll join you next week.